Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. Roland, here we are for another episode of CareCast. What do you What do you think? Well, I I hope I think something. <laughs> yeah, this, yes. well, then our, you'll do all the talking. I know. Well, our goal is to do a little bit of thinking whenever we do these podcasts. Before so. we talk? Um, should we think then talk or should we talk then? Uh, well, as Yogi Berra once famously said, you mm-hmm. can't think and play baseball at the same time. Yeah. So I guess you can't think and podcast at the same time. You got <laughs> well, to do your thinking beforehand, I think. Okay. All yeah. right. Great. So I we'll do that. We've done We've done a lot of thinking. We've done a let's lot, just, a let's lot of thinking. Let's just pause for a moment and think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, good. Got Perfect. it. It's in there. We know exactly what we're going to say now. Absolutely. Actually, we do because we've talked about this. You know, you and I have a almost 20-year history, in fact, talking about this particular issue. Yes. Um, we're here in mid-June recording this. Folks might not hear this until a little bit later, but um, Father's Day is this coming weekend. Absolutely. And so we have a uh, a fatherhood story here that's not exactly the sort of fatherhood story that's worth celebrating. And, uh, you know, you and I worked together at National Fatherhood Initiative for many, many years before uh, we came. We eventually re-met here at CareNet. And so we have a history of discussing this issue. And so here's I'll set this up for you, Rollin, and you can kind of tell folks what's going on here. But um, there was a story of a an American man who is apparently or not apparently is traveling the world um, as a sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Donating sperm to women all over the world, I think especially in Europe, and he's fathered, quote unquote, fathered at least 55 children. Now, sometimes he, he does this through sort of the traditional sperm donation way of doing things. And then apparently sometimes he does it the, quote, old fashioned way. Um, some women apparently hire him to have intercourse, and that's how he donates his sperm. Mm-hmm. And so this guy is, you know, again, has literally children all over the world. And your observation about this. So I asked you, I said, you know, how how exactly does this relate to the abortion issue and the life issue? And you made a great point in terms of the worldview that's yeah. behind this is very similar, if not the same as the worldview that supports abortion. So why don't you explain that? Yeah, yeah. I think when I see stories like this, I always think about it in terms of like what's the principle as opposed to what's the practice. So the story is mm-hmm. about like what the practice is. But right. then you step back from that. Right. From the what is happening, then you say, well, what's the why behind the what, if you will? And that's the principle uh, related to this. And, and the principle here is is really that you, you're sort of redefining fatherhood, that it, it's not, as we used to talk about at National Fatherhood Initiative, is involved, responsible and committed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what good fathers are right. and yes. do. They're involved, responsible and committed. Exactly. Here, it, it, it takes that whole perspective and just throws it out the window. Right. That, that fatherhood is defined solely by a contribution, a donation, if you will, mm-hmm. of sperm. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. basically it. So you're, that's your only role as a father. Right. You, you donate sperm. And then after that, there's mm-hmm. you have no agency there uh, and, and there's no moral responsibility or obligation there. So when you have a, a, a abortion mindset, it's basically the same thing uh, that's codified, so to speak, in the in the narrative of my body, my choice, because basically you're saying to the guy, right, who was is the father of the child that you, quote, donated your sperm and you're done. Mm-hmm. So um, right. this guy is basically just living out the worldview that we've been communicating, certainly mm-hmm. in the U.S. for the last 45 
plus years or whatever. Right. Uh, and you can imagine, year. yeah, and you can imagine he would be totally indifferent as to whether or not the woman carries her baby to term. You know, once he's made the sperm donation, I'm sure he doesn't care whether or not she has the baby, doesn't have the baby, whatever. Even frankly, what becomes of that baby in any way, shape, or form, he's just like you said, it's transactional. It's totally for him. yes, it's totally transactional. Her body, her choice. Yep. It's totally transactional. I have no agency. I have no responsibility. I have nothing related. No rights, certainly. No rights. Yeah. Don't expect any. Don't expect don't, to have any. Right. Don't expect to have any. Frankly, don't want to have any. Right. So you've got that perspective that is embedded in in the way that this guy is is looking at this, and it really it really does kind of define fatherhood down. I remember some years ago I was doing a uh, a television show. Part of the whole narrative of the show was there's a there was this guy who had I think it was 35 kids with 17 different women. Mm, yeah, I think and, I remember this. Yeah. Yes, and yep. I and I remember and I remember having a conversation with him one on one because uh, related to this and you know and and sort of the narrative in his mind was well I'm being a good father and and it just from my perspective it was like well you really defined what good fatherhood is I mean you define it down mm-hmm. to. I know my kids' names. <laughs> right. You know, right. I occasionally come by and provide some kind of support. But unless he can kind of transcend the time-space continuum, right. you can't be in, you know, 17 different homes tucking 35 different kids to bed every night. Right. In other yeah. words, when you look at that fatherhood through the lens of involved, responsible, and committed, it's not possible for him to be an involved, responsible, committed committed father when he has 35 kids with 17 different women. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's the same kind yeah. of thing, you know, that, yeah. that perspective of, of defining fatherhood down to what it is that you want to provide, mm-hmm. right, as opposed to looking at fatherhood through the lens of what kids need. Right. And Absolutely. I've always been a focus yeah. on that. Like, yeah. What makes you a father is the fact that you have kids. Right. right. That's, so, the, you, so you need to be defining fatherhood based on what kids need, not based on what you want, right. so to speak. Yeah. And you, you made that point very eloquently, actually, on the Oprah Winfrey show. I did. Some folks might not know that. but <laughs> I Roland, did talk about that yeah, quite a bit there. Yeah. Roland was uh, actually a guest on the Oprah Winfrey show four times, I believe. And yes. then you did some stuff after the Oprah Winfrey show ended and she was doing some other things on her network. So yeah, Her life classes. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've been with her many, many times and um, made, some, made some of those exact points. And, you know, and, and another issue that this brings up that I think is problematic just in terms of our work is, you know, as you know, Roland, we are, of course, not just pro-life but pro-abundant life. And right. part of that pro-abundant life perspective is not just, you know, kind of protecting and defending the sanctity of human life. But also the sanctity of the uh, of the family as God designed it, right? Yes. So the importance of motherhood, fatherhood, marriage, et cetera, et cetera, and certainly what this reflects in our culture, you know, this this man kind of considering himself this father to these fifty five plus children all over the world, yeah. and these mothers choosing to become mothers in that way. Um, you know, I remember you used to talk about these, you know, single mothers by chance and single mothers by choice. These are certainly single single mothers by by choice, right? Yeah. So, given everything that we know about the disadvantages that children face when they're raised without a father in the home, it just seems to me—I mean, call me insensitive, I suppose—but it just seems a little bit insensitive yeah. <laughs> to to those children yeah. to intentionally bring them into an environment in which they won't have a father. Yeah, and, and and the thing about all of this, and this, it really is sort of a again, you know, defining fatherhood down, but it's also like a consumerization mm-hmm. of, parent- of parenting, right? Yeah, the parenting process. Yeah. So that instead of it being viewed through a lens 
that that you see in sort of a not just a biblical narrative, but just the construct that we require in society. Like no one kind of says, "Oh, okay, I'm going to love my kid," you know, if they have blue eyes, but if they have brown eyes, uh, mm-hmm. all bets are off. Or if this right. kid comes out and it's you know, he's, gonna, he's six foot, then good. If if, if not, then you yeah. know, no one. Why? Because you have a covenant relationship with a child mm-hmm. before birth. In other words, it basically says, "I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, regardless of what the child does or what the car." regardless of what the child looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Consumer basically says that I will do what I'm supposed to do if you do what you're supposed to mm-hmm. do, right? right? So it's that kind of thing. It's consumer. It's an exchange. It's a transaction. It's a transactional right. kind of thing as opposed to transformational, which is what the parenting process is. And so you're basically seeing, you're, you're, kind, you're seeing that perspective here, that consumer perspective in terms of I'm going to get what I want, which I'm the woman on this end. I get a baby. Mm-hmm. And the guy is like, I'm going to get what I want, which is I'm going to donate my sperm and probably and get, get paid, paid money, get yeah. paid money for it. So everybody gets what they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one who doesn't get what they are deserve, so to speak, or has any ability to even speak into that is the child. Right. Right. Because right. the child comes out, mm-hmm. has a mother and a father and may have the expectation and likely does that I will know who my father is. Right. Right. You, and yep. the mother is making that decision. For the child, mm-hmm. without even giving the child agency, which, by the way, is mm-hmm. ironic, mm-hmm. right? Because this whole issue spins on choice. Mm-hmm. So right. the woman's saying, no one should be able to infringe upon my choice. Mm-hmm. And yet you're creating a child mm-hmm. in a context, mm-hmm. right, where the child doesn't have any choice in terms of connection. Right. Connection you're to choosing the for them that yes. they will not have a relationship yes. with their father. Absolutely. Now, you know, I was on a website once with... Uh, I was looking at comments from, I guess they were called like snowflake babies or, or, mm-hmm. or kids that were came through. I think it was called snowflake, but mm-hmm. kids that came through the this sort of artificial insemination process mm-hmm. where women would go in and just get sperm, anonymous sperm and that kind of thing and have right. the child. And, and these these kids, because of you know kind of what we can do with genetics now, they're starting to find each other. Mm, yeah, right. So right. you're on 23andMe or, you know, right. yeah, yeah. Ancestry right. and you're matching with people and yeah. they're finding oh gosh, I have 13 half brothers. Yeah. And yeah. they're finding their siblings and then they're trying to find their fathers. And I remember this this one young lady. Uh, it's just amazing. She was like a 16 year old young lady. And she kind of wrote this post and she said she had been talking to her mother about, you know, the, the desire to know her father and her mother was kind of dismissing this, mm-hmm. uh, dismissing this. And it doesn't matter, you know, I love you, this, that, and the other, and and and, and that bi- and the biology doesn't really matter anyway in terms of that context. Mm. And what she wrote, I never forgot. She said, if biology didn't matter, why did you have me? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Right. If you just wanted to have a child, well, you could adopt a child. Mm-hmm. Right. But you didn't just want to have any child. You wanted to have your child, bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. In other words, she wanted a child that had her genetics. Right. Right. In other words, it's not just that biology was the only thing that mattered mm-hmm. in that case. Mm-hmm. The only thing that mm-hmm. mattered. And so I just thought that was so insightful mm-hmm. of that young 16-year-old woman to kind of make that perspective. Yeah. And it really kind of exposes the, 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 mm-hmm. the consumerization of yeah. the parenting process and a, and a disregard uh, for the needs, wants, and desires of children yeah. who have really, have really should have an ability to find find their parents. And again, I know there are adoption situations that that come up, but right. this this is a different thing than yeah, that. This, this is, is this is a very this, this is a very very different thing in terms of the the mentality right. that's happening here in this case. Yeah, so, there's an intentionality here that's troubling. Yeah. Well, uh, as I said, Rollin, as we started off today, that it is Father's Day coming up here, and so. Yes. Uh, we encourage folks to to celebrate fatherhood. It's uh, so incredibly important to children, 
you know, good good fathers are play a unique and irreplaceable role in their children's lives. Amen. That was one of those. That was one of our little yeah taglines, slogans that we came up with yes, in our time yes, at yes. NFI. Unique and irreplaceable. Yes, it's yes. Funny how, it's funny how those And it takes a man did, to be a dad. Remember that? that I do. Maybe I do. we got challenged on that, didn't we? Remember? <laughs> oh, we did. I know. I know. Can you imagine now oh, trying I know. to say that? I, I that was like at least 10 years ago. Yeah. That longer it than takes that. a man to be a dad. 15 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Um, we still believe that. We do still believe that. <laughs> yes. Despite what other people might believe. So, yeah. yeah. So, regardless of when you're hearing this, you might be hearing this after Father's Day, but we wish you a happy Father's Day. And uh, again, you know, CareNet is all about making sure that we're not only supporting women making pregnancy decisions, but men too. And so you can, of course, go to our website, care-net.org, to learn more about that. So thank you, Roland. All right. You're welcome, Vince. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.